On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, we knew that Tesla's stock was going to be splitting pending a shareholder vote, and now we know how many ways it's set to split. Plus, Tesla increases new vehicle prices yet again, the Model S Plaid sets a new quarter mile record for a production car, and more. What's happening, friends? Alongside Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and this is Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast, episode 359 for June 19th, 2022, aka Father's Day here in the United States. I want to wish all of my fellow dads out there a wonderful day. I hope you're uh, getting some time with your family and getting to do something enjoyable, whether that's a family activity whether that's uh, listening to the podcast, whether that's going for a drive in your Tesla, whatever the case may be, I hope you are having a good one today. Uh, Or, and if you're listening later in the week, I hope you had a good Father's Day. By the way, uh, I hope all of you ludicrous tier backers and higher on my Patreon enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode. Those are the new weekly bonus mini episodes that I'm doing for uh, for my Patreon. This week's mini episode was about the double standard that Tesla faces in the media, and really, as I talk about, kind of in society at large. So it was about 22 minutes long. I had a good time recording that, and check it out if you are a Patreon backer of mine at the ludicrous tier or higher. All right, let's get started with the week's Tesla news. There is plenty of it. First up, Remember that Tesla stock split that's going to be put up for a vote by shareholders at the annual shareholders meeting coming up on August 4th? Well, we now know what the magic number is, and that magic number is three. Tesla is proposing a three-for-one stock split. This story was initially reported via CNBC, who writes... Tesla just filed its annual proxy statement with the SEC and revealed its plans for a three-for-one stock split. In the filing, the company wrote of the proposed stock split, quote, our success depends on attracting and retaining excellent talent, end quote, and that, quote, highly competitive compensation packages offering every employee an option to receive equity helped Tesla do that. Continuing, quote, We believe the stock split would help reset the market price of our common stock so that our employees will have more flexibility in managing their equity, end quote. Uh, The filing also says that Tesla CEO Elon Musk currently holds 23.5% of Tesla shares, if you're curious, and that Vanguard, uh, the investment firm Vanguard, holds 6% of Tesla shares. Now, if you're curious about the history of this, there has been precisely one other stock split in Tesla's history thus far, and it came less than two years ago. It was not that long ago, back in August of 2020. That, as you may recall, was a five-for-one stock split. So if this vote were approved today and that split happened today, which obviously it won't, but just as a matter of a thought exercise here, 
it would mean that the new share price would be a little, yeah, like two eighteen, yeah, two seventeen or so. Because as it closed for the it closed for the week at six hundred fifty dollars and twenty eight cents. Uh, but obviously, that number can and almost certainly will be different. Come, but you know, come now to August. I mean, Tesla's stock price has, if nothing else, Tesla's stock price has traditionally been quite volatile, really in either direction, up or down. Of course, as you're, many of you are likely aware, if you are holding any Tesla stock, Tesla's share price has been hit quite hard in recent weeks, although most stocks have, and most tech stocks in particular uh, Tesla shares, I mean, they've also got the, they've, they've had a headwind caused by uh, certainly the market reacting to Elon's proposed buyout of Twitter, for which he sold a sizable chunk of his Tesla shares. So there's a lot going on in the world of Tesla stock, as there usually is. In any case, though, I do think it's highly likely that this uh, stock split will pass the shareholder vote. And if and when it does, my hope is that this allows more of you out there who are interested in picking up a share or two or more as, you know, as fellow people who believe in this company and its mission, it will allow those of you who want to get in on the company to get in on the company, even if it's, you know, one share, more of almost a ceremonial thing than anything else. But, you know, it's uh, the more people that have the opportunity to get access to the the Tesla shares, the better, in my opinion. Uh, Also, speaking of that previous Tesla stock split, you may remember that directly, like immediately after that split happened, the Tesla share price went on an absolute rocket ride upwards, as if it was hitched to a Falcon 9 rocket from SpaceX. I think, I mean, no one can predict the future, but I think that's probably unlikely to happen again here, again, assuming this this vote does pass to split the stock in August, uh, if for no other reason than, well, the pretty big one, that there are macro forces, i.e. we are currently sitting in a, in a great uh, time of economic uncertainty, there are fears of a recession that I think are probably pretty likely to keep the price tamped down. But Still, here's hoping that it ultimately leads to more good things for Tesla and for Tesla shareholders. Next up this week, Tesla has raised their prices yet again, and the increases are significant this time. Uh, All four models did see a price increase, but not every variant within every model. So with regard to the Model 3, the base Model 3 unaffected, the performance Model 3 unaffected, but the most popular of the Model 3s, the long range, has been increased by $2,000. The starting price for that vehicle is now $58,000. The Model Y long range, not just the most popular Model Y, but the most popular Tesla period, that has been Uh, increased by $3,000 for a new starting price for the Model Y long range, $66,000. The Model Y performance 
also increased $2,000 there for a new starting price of 70K. And by the way, if you're curious, because uh, I, I was as I was just poking around with this, if you want to max out a Model Y now, meaning red paint, and of course you're getting the performance version with red paint, white interior, the tow hitch for a thousand bucks, and full self-driving for twelve thousand, a Model Y performance now maxes out at eighty-six thousand dollars. How about the S and the X? The plaids were not affected here, but each of the long range S and X were. So for the Model S long range, another $5,000 increase, pushing the starting price of the Model S to $105,000. My goodness, that is significant. The Model X long range, meanwhile, goes up $6,000 now starting at $121,000 for the new Model X. And if you're curious, a fully loaded Model X, because this is going to be the, the maximum you could possibly spend on a new Tesla today, a fully loaded Model X with red paint, white or cream interior, which is a $2,000 option, and FSD will now max out at $161,000. Side note to this, by the way, uh, I've got to figure a couple things with regard to the, the next couple of vehicles coming down the pipe. One, there's going to be a much bigger gap between the Model X Plaid and the new Tesla Roadster, which is a supercar. So I, I just think there's no way the Roadster's base price is going to be $200,000. Now, we've been thinking that for a while because Tesla pulled down the pricing off of the Roadster page. You can still make a reservation for a Roadster, but a, a price tag is no longer given to you. So I can't imagine that's going to be 200K. And the Founders Series, which had been a $250,000 vehicle and a $250,000 deposit, I also don't think that's going to stick. Now, I mean... Are there, or is Tesla even going to offer those anymore? Are they, are all 1,000 of them sold out? We don't know, but you currently cannot put down a deposit. You cannot put in a reservation for a Founder Series Roadster. But I suspect the Roadsters are going to be 250,000 for the base Roadster and 300,000 for the Founder Series. We'll find out sometime next year. Uh, I hope, certainly. That's what we've been. That's what we've been guiding towards from Elon. And then the Cybertruck, which is certainly going to affect uh, much many more people than the Roadster is. I've talked about this ad nauseum, but again, you just see price increase after price increase, and there's just no way that the, the Cybertruck prices are going to be what they were when you put down your deposit in November of 2019. So yeah, I think we're probably looking at 65, possibly even $70,000 for the dual motor. And I think we're looking at 90,000 and possibly more, maybe 95, maybe even $100,000 for the quad motor variant of the Cybertruck. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm overshooting that. But again, you just 
read the tea leaves in front of us here, and these prices are just surging upwards, and we are still a minimum of seven months away from initial production of the Cybertruck, possibly eight, possibly more months. So again, just, I would brace for the worst, and if it's not that bad, then maybe it'll feel a little bit better when you're invited to configure and purchase your Cybertruck. But, uh, and really, let's let's look at a couple of other things here, and that is the, the amount that the prices have increased in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, I know Tesla isn't doing this to be evil, right? It's inflation, it's market forces, not to mention the fact that Tesla's order backlog is only getting longer, even with the recent price increases. But my goodness, just look how far we've come in a not good way in such a short amount of time. The Model Y long range, just a couple years ago, bottomed out at $48,000. That that now, that uh, Model Y is now $18,000 more than that. That is crazy for the same vehicle. Really nothing about the vehicle has changed. The only difference between uh, a 2022 Model Y ordered today at this new price at $66,000 and one ordered two years ago is, well, okay, the Octovalve uh, is one and um, the other thing being MCU3. That's really the, those are the only two things you can point to. And those two things are certainly not $18,000 worth of upgrades, in my humble opinion. Uh, let's look at the Model S. The, model, the new Model S, again, same car, $80,000 if you ordered it right when the new Model S was unveiled. It is now $25,000 more than that for, again, effectively the same car. You get a tilting screen now, and you get new taillights and a slightly, you know, refreshed trunk lid design with that with that Tesla belt belt line being taken out uh, or at least minimized. So, just unbelievable the the price increases. And I imagine the only people smiling at these prices and again, I don't say that as if they're smiling maliciously like the Cheshire cat, but I have to think that the only people able to take any amount of satisfaction out of this are existing owners of recent vintage Model 3s, Model Ys, and the new S and the X, because the value of your car, if you are one of those people on the secondary market, is probably going up again, not just because of the price hikes on the new cars, but in combination with the availability too, supply and demand. The wait time for a new Tesla is so long particularly with the S and the X. And uh, the price is so high that, again, those recent vintage Teslas, if you want to buy one right now from somebody on the secondary market, it, that car is going to command a high price on that secondary market. So I hope, I mean, I say this every time, I hope we're done with the price increases because I want Teslas to be accessible to more people uh, and the way to do that is not through increasing prices. So I do hope we've seen the final price increase. 
uh, I dare I not say ever, but at least for the foreseeable long, at least till the Cybertruck comes out. I mean, I hope. My goodness. Ugh. All right. Well, in better news, the Model S Plaid has set a new production car quarter mile record. The time it ran, listen to this, 8.8 seconds. Now, as a reminder for context, Tesla advertises an out-of-the-showroom quarter-mile time on the Model S Plaid of 9.2 seconds. In fact, they just started selling a new t-shirt at shop.tesla.com that celebrates this very thing. The front of the shirt has uh, in on one side of the, the chest a little a, a, a slip. It's a racing slip of when Tesla themselves, uh, in, the, in the lead up to the release of the Plaid, set the quarter mile time of 9.2, set the production car record. So that's that's a new shirt if you want to go grab it. Uh, so 9.2 and getting it down to 8.8 is quite impressive. I mean, four tenths out of the same car, very, very impressive. Now, perhaps equally impressive, the trap speed, 161 miles per hour, uh, about eight miles per hour faster than what the, uh, again, what the car had, had just does out of the showroom. And for a little more context, the aforementioned new Roadster was advertised uh, with an 8.8 second quarter mile time when it was unveiled back in 2017. So this Plaid S was able to achieve that and leave me wondering what the heck the final Roadster in 2023 is going to be able to pull off. Uh, here, right right here, right now in 2022 with a car that you can purchase today. And that victorious Plaid Model S is owned by Tesla Motors Club user Mulot 30th, M-U-L-O-T 30th, Mulot 30th, who is from Quebec in Canada. And if you're wondering, well, wait a second, four tenths of a second, how the heck did the owner shave four tenths off of the regular time, uh, you would be correct in guessing that the owner gutted the car. The owner detailed that to drive Tesla Canada, who explained in their news post about it, to achieve those times, the owner says there were no modifications to the powertrain or ECU, but it did have, quote, some serious weight reduction while keeping full stock exterior appearance, door handles, and windows slash power windows. The car was also running SV104 wheels wrapped in Mickey Thompson drag radials at the rear and Michelin PS4 tires on the front. The owner shared two photos of the interior showing all that remained was the steering wheel, no airbag, and the two displays. The driver's seat was there too, but had been replaced by an aftermarket racing seat. In total, the weight savings were estimated to be around 550 to 600 pounds, which is a lot. That's more than 10%. That's, that's a substantial bit of weight to take out of the car. Uh, and not to mention those much stickier tires as well to help the car do this. And if you're thinking to yourself, wait a, wait a second here, who would do this to a plaid? My understanding is that these kinds of drastic weight reducing guttings of the interior are quite common in the drag racing world. That is just part of the fun. That's part of the game is just stripping the car down as much as you can 
to get it as light as you can, to get it to go as fast as it possibly can. So congratulations to the owner, if you happen to be listening. That is quite the impressive achievement. Let's see if anybody can top you. 8.8 seconds, wow. Uh, Here's another one this week from Drive Tesla Canada. Tesla has built its first Model Y with single piece front and rear castings and structural battery pack at Giga Berlin. Drive Tesla has learned crews at the new factory recently built three Model Ys with a structural battery pack. According to a source familiar with the project, the three test vehicles were built on a new secondary body line within the last week. Since the factory's gigapress machines are not yet set up to create the front castings, the necessary parts had to be shipped in from Giga Texas. Unfortunately, the only part that didn't make it to Grunheide was the 4680 battery cells. Instead, the structural battery pack was put together with a dummy material inside to mimic the actual cells so the vehicles are undrivable. Even though the test builds were successful, this does not mean Giga Berlin will be producing the new configuration soon. As we mentioned, the factory cannot yet produce the necessary castings, the Giga castings. Additionally, Tesla is still building the battery factory on the grounds of Giga Berlin. The facility is not expected to become operational until later this year, meaning Giga Texas will be Tesla's sole source of 4680 cells for the foreseeable future. That's actually, they're slightly incorrect there because the Cato Road facility in Fremont, California is also cranking out 4680 cells. But still, uh, clearly here, based on Drive Tesla Canada's detailed report, We know there's still a way to go, but this is an important first step in moving Berlin over to the Model Y 2.0, which was promised. We know know, this was laid out by Elon. They were going to start with the 2170 cells and move to the 4680 cells, hopefully sooner rather than later, and hopefully it will still be sooner rather than later. I mean, I think if they can achieve that this year, this calendar year, that will be pretty impressive considering that Giga Berlin only opened in March. So if it's able to do that within the first nine months of operation, I think that's, we have to call that mission accomplished. Now, the one other thing that this made me think of with regard to Giga Berlin, so okay, they're starting to do test builds of the Model Y 2.0. We know that they're making it, they're producing and delivering customer vehicles currently performance model Ys in black or white exterior. So hopefully the new paint colors aren't too far behind. Now, remember, if you go back to that Giga Berlin grand opening where Elon Musk did a Q&A with employees of the factory there, Elon said that those new paint colors would be coming along at Giga Berlin, quote, in a few months. And again, he said this back in March, which was, checking the calendar, a few months back at this point. So... I would now venture to make some educated speculation that we're probably maybe, I don't know, I'm leaning towards that we're not going to see those new paint colors for at least a few months. As thus far, as I mentioned, Giga Berlin's only been uh, doing black and white. They're proceeding very deliberately as they ramp up production there. You know, they, they started with black. They've added the white cars into the mix as well. I would expect then they would then go to Midnight Silver Metallic, 
because that's the other free color and thus is going to be probably one of the more commonly ordered ones. Then blue and finally multi-coat red as the most expensive option. Unless, and I would like to hang a huge asterisk on this in all caps, UNLESS what I have previously theorized turns out to be true. And that, that theory is that the three new paint colors, which again, to remind you, are Mercury Silver Multicoat, Abyss Blue Multicoat, and Deep Crimson Multicoat turn out to be replacement colors for Midnight Silver Metallic, Deep Blue Metallic, and Multicoat Red, respectively. That is what I believe will happen. I said that before, I don't think it makes sense to have three additional colors, particularly when it would be, you'd have two silvers, two blues, two reds. I think it probably makes more sense that these new colors would replace the existing silver, blue, and red. But uh, we'll see what happens. What we should find out if I'm right, I think, again, probably sometime in Q3. I don't think it's going to be you know, Q2 is almost over, so that's not hard to predict there, but maybe by the end of Q3, we'll have a good answer there. Now, whenever these new paint colors do arrive, they will be the first new colors that Tesla has introduced since, and I had to look this up because I was testing my brain. I was like, all right, when was the last new color introduced? Turns out it was titanium silver metallic in 2015. Which, if you're not familiar, because it's entirely possible that you've never seen Titanium Silver Metallic, because it was pretty short-lived. But it's a champagne color. I think that I think that's a fair characterization of it. You can look at if go ahead and Google it if you want to pause the podcast or just while you're listening, just just Google it and you'll see for yourself. It's a yeah, it's a champagne kind of color. You you'll see some Model S's out there with it. Probably fewer model, I mean, in my experience, fewer X's. Most of the time I see that color, it's a Model S. Uh, There's a once in a blue moon, I'll see an X in that color. But, uh, in fact, the Model S P85D that I reviewed for IGN, my day job, back in 2015, which, by the way, that was... That predated the podcast by a few months. I had I, I would start the podcast in August of 2015. I reviewed the car in June, I believe. June or July of 2015. No, it's May, May or June. Somewhere in that, just a few months before I started the show. Anyway, uh, the point is, Titanium Silver Metallic did not last long. Probably because it just wasn't that popular. That's most likely why Tesla cut it at the time. It was discontinued before 2017 came around, so it did not last too long. So uh, these three new colors would be the first in quite some time. Next up this week, teslaoracle.com is where I first saw this, so I'd like to tip my cap to them. But the story ultimately comes via Tesla tire guru Ian the Mad Hungarian Pavelko, and yes, that's his own nickname. He he he's, he puts that out there on Twitter. But Ian is a is an absolute sweetheart of a guy. He works in the tire and wheel industry. He just knows everything about tires and wheels. So uh, I have I have asked his advice before about tires and wheels. The guy, yeah, he's it's, he's just a he's a, a savant when it comes. He's just got all that knowledge in his head. And he has uh, learned that Tesla has now switched over for the Model 3, 
with the base 18-inch aero wheels rather than the Michelin Primacy MXM4 tire that's been on it the entire run of the car since 2017, Tesla now switching over to the Hankook. Am I, I hope, is it Han, Hankook or Hank? I think I might be mispronouncing that, so my apologies if I am, but I'm gonna go with Hankook Kinergy GT. That is the tire. Uh, and as Ian points out, the only difference between the two in terms of their functionality is the load size. Ian notes that the load index on the Hankook is a standard 94, not a 98XL that the Michelin is. Now, the tread wear rating, I did look this up, the tread wear rating on the new tire is about 9% better, 540 versus 500 on the Michelin. Ian says, as, as to why Tesla did this, quote, I'm thinking it may have been a rather sudden switch due to supply issues of the MXM4, and I'm sure he's probably right about that. Now, at worst, it, this appears to be probably a lateral move for customers because um, it's, you know, it's the, the tre tread rating is a little higher. The tire rack rating is a touch lower, three stars instead of four for the, uh, for the MXM4, although, you know, that can be subjective. So seems like pretty well a lateral move. Maybe it's slightly better with that tread wear being a bit longer, but... You know, Ian did say when he was asked if, hey, do you have you tried these? What do you think of them? He said, quote, never tried them personally, so I can't comment directly. Reviews out there across different applications seem to be mixed. Now, these new tires do have the noise suppressing foam that you want in an EV tire. So the good news for those of you taking delivery of a Model 3 coming up soon with the 18-inch wheels is that you'll be able to run these for 20, 30 plus thousand miles, see how they go, and then you can always switch over to the Michelins when it's time to change your tires. Uh, if if you end up don't if you don't like them for whatever reason. And for those of you existing Model 3 owners who have 18-inch wheels, you now have another option available to you. The next time you need tires, if you're not happy with the Michelins or just want to try something else. So uh, th this is, I mean, I know this might seem like, well, Ryan, why are you talking about this? This seems like a pretty minor thing. I mean, the the 18-inch wheel Model 3 is the most common wheel config on a Model 3 that, that anybody buys. So I figure hopefully people want to know about this stuff and it's good to... You know, tires are important, especially on any, I mean, they're important on any car. You don't want to cheap out on your tires if you, if you can avoid it. And it's especially important on an electric vehicle because you're looking for the low rolling resistance so it doesn't drag your range down. You're looking for that noise insulating foam, etc. So there's, there's a lot to, to keep an eye on. And by the way, just to say the obvious, these are still all season tires. So, I mean, I'm sure you assumed that, but just uh, to state the, <laughs> to state the obvious there. Got a couple more stories still. The first of those is this, big news for a few key right-hand drive territories. The Model Y is now available in Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. Elon acknowledged the strong response to this on Twitter this week where he said, quote, we're working on accelerating right-hand drive Model Y production. 
didn't expect demand to be so high, he adds with an exclamation mark. So uh, clearly these cars will be coming out of Giga Shanghai, as that is by far the closest factory to all three of those countries that are just now getting the Model Y. And in all three of those territories, there is a rear-wheel drive standard range version along with the long range. Now, we know that those are 2170 cell cars, Model Y 1.0s, and thus presumably those standard Model Ys are going to use the LFP battery pack again out of Shanghai. Uh, We know that Shanghai, a lot of the cars there use the LFP pack. Matt in New Zealand, a listener, uh, well, actually, I should say he's, hopefully he's a listener, but he noted on the Tesla Motors Reddit that, quote, including the Model Y rear-wheel drive with the LFP pack, which is under the government's rebate limit. I think New Zealand may have the cheapest Model Y in the world now. Before tax and the rebate applied, a Model Y can be obtained for around $38,000 US in New Zealand. So that's pretty awesome. Congratulations to New Zealand and, and really congratulations to Australia and Japan as well. I mean, it's this is fantastic news for those three countries. I mean, I know I've got plenty of Australian listeners out there because I hear from you often. And I know I've got some New Zealand folks too. I've heard from you guys from time to time. And I think maybe I've had at least one Ride the Lightning hotline caller from Japan at some point too. So uh, to any of you in all three of those countries... Again, I want to say congratulations. Enjoy your Model Y uh, to to those of you who are ordering. Hopefully you won't have to wait too long once you've placed your order. In fact, I already heard from one listener who did order. So let me just say right here, I'll, I'll be the, I'll congratulate the first of my known Australian, New Zealand, or uh, Japanese listeners, Reese Jackson in Australia. Thank you for letting me know that you ordered your Model Y. Congratulations, Reese. I hope your the wait for delivery day is a short one. But uh, what I can assure Reese and everybody else is the wait for delivery day after you've placed your order, it's the worst part of Tesla ownership. It's all uphill after that. But that time between when you've put in your order, you know your configuration, you're just waiting for Tesla to build it and ship it to you, that is the toughest part. <laughs> you're just every day you're like, well, I'm one day closer, but you know how how much longer is it going to be? Hopefully, it's going to be weeks. Hopefully, not months. But um, to Reese and to anybody else, if your experience is anything like mine, it will somehow go by both painfully slow, but also weirdly fast. So I look forward to hearing from Reese and others. Once you guys start taking delivery of your right-hand drive Model Y. Finally this week, some welcome news for those of you who did not spring for the $12,000 full self-driving package on your Tesla, which by the way, I mean, I've said this before. I, I just think, I don't think it's worth 12K. I've had a few real life friends and colleagues reach out to me and say, hey, I'm buying a Tesla do you think I should get the full self-driving? And I've I've honestly had to tell them all, no, I don't think so. Take the basic autopilot that comes with the car. 12K is not worth it uh, at this point in time. So uh, this is that's why this story could be very good news. 
we might, and I want to emphasize might, see the return of the Enhanced Autopilot software package here in North America. It is still available in Europe and other parts of the world, but here in North America, it's FSD or bust, $12,000 US dollars or bust. Uh, Elon was responding to my good friend Trevor Page, who had tweeted at Elon, quote, Tesla needs to bring this back for everyone, referring to EAP. FSD is too expensive for what you get. Sell FSD as a second tier above enhanced autopilot and still include basic autopilot with every car. And Elon chose to respond to this by simply saying, okay. And thus, I should first make clear that this is by no means a guarantee that enhanced autopilot's gonna come back. Do not take this to the bank just yet, but it's a good sign. If indeed it does arrive, it would mark the first time it's been back here in the US since early 2019, so over three years now. Uh, It was there for me when I bought my car in 2018 and I purchased Enhanced Autopilot with my car, which at the time it was a $5,000 option. Full self-driving, which at that time offered actually zero features. It did not do anything. You were simply buying future promises. That was a $3,000 option. I did not buy it at the time, but I did add it later when it went on quote unquote sale. And I'm using some air quotes there because it was a very brief, weird little window where Tesla lowered the upgrade price to $2,000 And per the terms of my purchase of my car, Tesla had said it would be $3,000 for FSD if I bought it with the car or $4,000 for FSD if I bought it later. So I always thought, well, someday I'll just have to pay the four, but I didn't want to pay the three at the time. And uh, I somehow I missed the sale, the $2,000 thing by like a day uh, because it literally lasted two days but I did get it for three. It did before it, it didn't go either didn't go back up to four or, or I got it before it did go back up to four. So anyway, I still did get something of a deal on it, relatively speaking. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's focus on now. For those of you wondering what is in enhanced autopilot, it's basically everything the car is currently capable of on the highway. So automatic lane changes, taking your exit for you, AKA navigate on autopilot, plus auto park and smart summon, two features that if I'm being honest, as I'm always honest with you, I never use because I don't think they're very good. They, they don't really work, quite frankly. Uh, you do also within the enhanced autopilot package get regular summon where the car just moves straight forward or straight backward with you out of the car, with you controlling it from the app. That I do personally find useful and I do put to use on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, most, most of the time I will use it when I'm pulling into parking spots with a, you know, with a little curb stopper or just a sidewalk. So I'll, I'll stop short on purpose, get out of the car, and see if if the front lip of my Model 3 is going to clear the curb or you know the whatever the, the the curb or the stopper and I will inch it up forward with summon 
to either you know to just get it as close as I can without making sure I making sure I don't damage my car. So I do use it pretty regularly for that. So I do find that uh, pretty useful. You in enhanced autopilot, you would not get traffic light and stop sign control, nor would you get access to the full self-driving city streets beta either now or when it's ultimately released to every paying customer. What I will say from my personal experience, as somebody that paid $5,000 for enhanced autopilot, I personally found that to be an excellent value. I thought I got my $5,000 worth out of it. Now, we're not sure yet what price it would be if it does return. My guess, and it's an educated guess, is $6,000. And the reason I say that is because $6,000 is, quite simply, halfway to FSD proper. Nor do we know if Enhanced Autopilot would be offered as a monthly subscription option for some amount less than $200. My gut says that Tesla won't do a monthly option for that, and they'll just offer EAP as a take-it-or-leave-it $6,000 or whatever the price is going to be option. But, hey, if they did want to do a monthly sub option and it was say also half a hundred bucks a month that I would expect might be more tempting for many people out there. So what do you think? If it comes back at $6,000, would you buy it? Before I recorded this episode, I put up a poll on my Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast Anybody who backs me on Patreon can vote in that poll. But I'll give you the early return here. I'm just going to do a quick F5 refresh. There have been, let's see, how many votes in this poll as the page is loading up? All right, there have been, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's a moderate sample size of, the, of those of you out there. So 38 votes, and it's pretty, pretty heavily yes. I mean, it's 22 to 16 so what is that's roughly a 60-40 or so split on that. So uh, seems to be that $6,000 would be welcomed by a lot of you out there. We'll see what Tesla does. Again, if uh, this is <laughs> Elon literally just typed, okay, it doesn't necessarily mean it's coming back. But I honestly, I do hope it does because uh, that would that that would be a good option for a lot of people, I think, because $12,000 is a bridge. I mean, I've talked about this before. I don't need to repeat myself. A $12,000 option on a, you know, 50-something thousand dollar car in the case of a Model 3 on average or a 60-something, even a 60-something thousand dollar car in the case of a Model Y, that's, you know, you're talking about a significant uh, increase in price uh, off of your car just for, for that software package. So 6K would be good, I think. I, I hope it happens. We'll see. All right, that is everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But stick with me. Plenty of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls are coming up right after this.
time for your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, give me a call. I would love to hear from you. The two easy ways that you can call in are either by using your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, where you record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can take that same 90 second or less call and actually call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number that you can dial anytime, day or night, is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Damon from Northbrook, Illinois. Hey, Ryan. Damon out of Northbrook, Illinois. Just listened to your most recent episode where you were talking about FSD camera upgrades, and I think that's expected. They're going to continue to upgrade the hardware on the cars and whatnot. But regarding their promise of being able to do level five driving on the existing hardware, my experience as a beta driver just doesn't really give me that confidence. I, I, my main reason for that is that, for one, like the car does all kinds of crazy things already, um, and it's been working through a lot of things, and, and the AI is one part of it, but I think the resolution in, this, in the frame rate are another big part. If you tried to drive by looking at just the DVR footage, like the cars in the distance are just little pixels that with your human eyes looking, you can identify, hey, that's a car. And with stereoscopic vision, you can gauge how fast it's coming, how far away it is. But the side cameras that are doing the most of that, that decision making are uh, mono vision and they, they don't have that ability. And without you know additional things like radar or LIDAR, I think that the, the current hardware suite just won't get there. So my question is, is do you think Tesla will say, okay, well, with current level hardware, you can do level five, but just in designated areas, or maybe it's level three or four. If you want to go to true level five everywhere, you got to get upgraded hardware. And then will they charge us for that upgraded hardware? Or will that just be something that they continue to update and uh, do that indefinitely? Um, I think it's a pretty big issue that that I hope they have a, a, a resolution that will satisfy customers. And um, I think I've heard that they are expecting only to upgrade hardware on new cars from this point on. So I'll be curious your thoughts on that. And as always, uh, really appreciate all the hard work. Keep it up. Take care. Thanks, as always, for your call, Damon. Uh, this is a fascinating topic and one that I'm not sure we figured would even be such a nuanced one a few years ago. But as FSD has progressed, it has become clear that it's a complicated problem with a complicated solution. I think I would safely place money on not being able to upgrade the current solution uh, that we have, Hardware 3 to Hardware 4, if there are more cameras and or sensors involved, not even for a fee. It would be like upgrading a non-octo valve car to an octo valve. You'd be gutting an entire system to redo it. And given that the cameras are on the outside of the car, it's probably just gonna be a non-starter. Again, particularly if there are more cameras in hardware four than there are in hardware three. But let me actually address your questions. First, I agree that 
to me, a layperson FSD beta tester, that the current system probably will not have the processing power or the optic clarity, i.e. the resolution. As to the differing capabilities of Hardware 3 and Hardware 4, and will Tesla differentiate between the two of them by charging different amounts of money for software packages on older Hardware 3 cars versus new Hardware 4 cars, I'm sure that there's going to be at least something in fine print at the very least. I don't know if Tesla's going to do separate pricing. I mean, I suppose it'd be easy enough. I mean, they can just raise the price on FSD for Hardware 4 cars and leave the upgrade price the same for the Hardware 3 cars, knowing they're going to have a lower ceiling of capability and confidence than the Hardware 4 cars will. Side note here, I have a feeling that Tesla's not going to announce Hardware 4's availability ahead of time at all, unless it somehow leaks, so as not to cause an Osborne effect on the sales of the existing cars. In other words, people will just stop ordering Teslas if they find out about Hardware 4 before Hardware 4 comes around. I think Tesla is just going to sneak them into the cars, then flip a switch on the website at some point, and they're just going to be available. Either way, I can't wait to see what happens. Thank you, Damon. Next up, Peter from Amory, Wisconsin. Hello, Ryan. This is Peter from Amory, Wisconsin. I hope all is well. Um, so our model 2021 used Model Y that we recently got, um, it said that it came with full self-driving. And um, we've been playing around with some of you know the features and settings. And I have to admit that I am not entirely sure of truly what full self-driving entails and what the difference is between, say, auto steer, autopilot, full self-driving, all these things is. Um, I know that there's that full self-driving beta. That's something that you can, I guess, be a part of if you drive well enough. Um, so if, if you could go into maybe a little bit of a description of what all those differences are, how to know what you have, um, that would be much appreciated. Uh, I know that you've covered a lot of this on your podcast, but now that I actually get to physically experience a lot of these things, I feel like I have more questions. Um, and of course, if you have any videos or uh, not documents, but like articles or something like that that you can point me to to also further elaborate, that'd be much appreciated. Much, much appreciated. Thank you. I hope my call makes sense and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. Hi, Peter. Well, your timing is good given the enhanced autopilot topic this week. So you heard all about that earlier in the podcast. And what I can add for you is that the basic autopilot that's been included in every new Tesla for the past three years is just auto steer and traffic adaptive cruise control. In other words, the lane keeping plus the auto maintaining of the distance you've chosen behind the car in front of you. It doesn't do any lane changes. Uh, it doesn't do summon, auto park, or any of that other stuff. What you get included with the base price of the car is basically just cruise control on steroids. I think that's a good way to look at the, the basic version of autopilot. Now, as it stands, when I recorded this, just in case by the time you hear it, Tesla has added enhanced autopilot again, the $12,000 FSD package included everything else. That's got everything from everything I talked about with enhanced autopilot 
to also the stop sign and stoplight recognition on city streets, actual coming to a stop at red lights and stop signs automatically, and then once it rolls out to everybody who paid, the FSD beta, City Streets FSD beta, of making turns and changing lanes automatically on City Streets too. Plus, Smart Summon and Auto Park. So hopefully that helps break it down for you a little bit more. I know it is, there's kind of a, a lot to keep track of and what's in which feature set there. Thanks for your call, Peter. John from Western Massachusetts is up next. This is John from Western Massachusetts. First, I want to thank you for the recent shout out about my call. Also, I want to reiterate that I I love your show and I appreciate uh, your positivity. And here's hoping that Daisy makes a full recovery and does not require surgery. Anyway, I'm calling in response to Phil's call recently and your request for suggestions um, about what to have the service centers look at right before the warranty expires. So my Model 3 just passed its four-year mark a couple weeks ago, and a week earlier I had a service center appointment, and of course I had them look at a squeak that I had experienced. And then I also asked if they would take a look at my 12-volt battery. Now they said that the car does warn you when the battery is running down, but they looked at it anyway and discovered that it was getting a little bit low, and so they replaced it for me under warranty. So that would be my uh, one thought. uh, now I have a new battery and don't have to worry about it for, you know, a few, few uh, tens of thousands of miles. Anyway, uh, thank you for taking my call, and I look forward to hearing your next episode. Thanks. John, thank you very much. I have to confess something here. Selfishly, I was putting that call out there for myself as much as I was for Phil. And honestly, uh, I know there are going to be a lot of people in that same boat as 2022 rolls on because... 2018, specifically the second half of 2018, was when the Model 3 hit volume production. So this is for all of those folks out there, too. There are going to be a lot of us coming up on the uh, expiration of our warranties very soon. The 12-volt battery suggestion is a really good one. I'd be curious to know if you've ever had to replace it before, John, as I've had one of them go on me so far. Now, for those of you that are newer listeners... The quick version of the story is mine gave me the replace 12 volt battery warning message when I was already at the service center getting my full self-driving computer upgrade. So I was very lucky and they just swapped it out for me on the spot. So uh, I can tell you, John, that inspired partially by your call, I made a service center appointment for this week to get an alignment, which of course is not a warranty item. I got to pay for that. But that's supposed to be done every two years and the car's turning four. Plus, uh, I'm going to have them replace just while it's there, the windshield wiper blades. I mean, that's a thing I could technically do myself, but while it's there, have them do the windshield wiper blades because that's also supposed to be every other year. Along with, I'm going to have them check the 12-volt battery, thanks to you. That's a good, good, again, great suggestion. I'm also going to have them replace the cabin air filter, which admittedly, I don't know if that's going to be covered under the warranty or not, but... It probably needs to be done regardless. And then the other thing I want to have them do is check the upper control arms, since those seem to be a somewhat common service item, particularly on Model 3s around the same build window as mine. I've heard a lot of people have had to had to get those replaced, and I would very much prefer to have that done under warranty 
if in fact it needs to be done, or at least have it documented under warranty so that if it comes up after warranty, maybe there's a chance they would they would take care of it. Uh, but in, in any case, thank you again for your great call, John, and for your kind words as well. Daisy, thankfully, seems to be doing great. Uh, one more call this week. It's going to be from Ben in Carmel, Indiana, responding to one of this week's topics, the possible return of enhanced autopilot. Go ahead, Ben. Hey, Ryan. This is Ben from Carmel, Indiana. So I was just seeing the news that uh, Elon was going to bring back enhanced autopilot as an option. Uh, I was thinking about it. For us 2018 Model 3 owners and any other vehicles owner before they had the autopilot as a as a free option, um, you'd have to pay for it. I, I was wondering, do you think now with enhanced autopilot coming back that they would give make autopilot like a free option for us earlier adopters? Uh, just Curious what you think. Uh, thanks so much for all you do. Love the podcast. Bye. Hey, Ben. Well, this is a perfectly reasonable question, but I'd honestly have to say probably not. Tesla has kept people in the buckets they were in when they bought their car. So I suspect they're not going to just unlock basic autopilot for anybody with a 2018 or a 2017 Model 3. If they were going to do that, I think they probably would have done it already and I just, I doubt the tiering would have stopped them at all. Now, I'd love to be wrong about this, believe me. And again, hopefully one way or the other, we'll find out soon. Thank you, Ben. Thanks to everybody who took the time to call in. I promise I will get to more calls on next week's show. If you'd like to call in to something, to respond to something I said in the news block of the show or respond to another caller, I gave you the call-in information at the top of this segment. But I am not done yet. There is more Ride the Lightning for you. Stay with me right after this. Welcome back. Well, here's an update to the Patreon poll that I was telling you about earlier. Would you pay $6,000 for enhanced autopilot? The results were now up to 49 total votes on patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And it's 30, yes, 19, no. So that is a, that is a 60-40 split right there. And it's interesting to see. Actually, no, it's, it's more like two-thirds. It's more like 67% yes on that. There's a lot of good discussion in the comments on that post as well, though. Some really, really insightful, good comments from uh, from my patrons. So nice conversation happening over there if you want to check that out. Uh, as for what's going on with me, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I want to apologize to you because I, I can tell this is not my best show. Like, I always try my hardest. And it's not, I think the material is good this week. I just think I have not been very good on this week's show. And not to make an excuse, but I have to say, I'm just, I'm, I'm just physically uncomfortable this week. So I'm not kind of my usual loose, relaxed self. And it's because yesterday, just barely 24 hours ago, I had a, you know, extremely minor, I was awake surgery, but it is technically a surgery uh, for the extraction of a basal cell carcinoma, a, a very not super threatening skin cancer, but one that needed to come out anyway, because it is cancer. So it's it's right on the back of my neck, kind of like behind my ear. And it's just so like if I turn my neck a certain way or it's just I'm just um, it's not painful, 
but it's sore. And the, I'll tell you, the incision, my wife was like, wow, that incision is much larger than I thought it was going to be. It's it's a pretty good sized thing, I guess, because they wanted to get a healthy margin, make sure they got rid of it. So if if you feel like that I was more stuttery and stammery and not as polished and smooth as I typically am, I just, again, I'm not going to make the excuse, but I do want to apologize to you. I will be better next week, I promise. In better news, uh, well, I mean, it's good news that I got this out, so that's, that is good news. But in, in also good news, I finally got my windshield replaced by Tesla this week, and it was not without a little bit of, I don't know, drama is maybe not the, the right word, but maybe a little, um, it wasn't smooth. It wasn't a smooth process, let's put it that way. And I will say, the actual work looks perfect. I inspected the car physically. You know, everything was... Uh, actually, I, will, I did have to kind of press down on the, the trim, the plastic trim down at the base of it and just kind of press everything into place. It wasn't quite perfect there, but that's fine. That's no problem. But everything looked good. Uh, there's no wind noise when I'm driving, so it seems like a clean install. And interestingly enough... I did not have to recalibrate my autopilot cameras. The first time that I had to replace the windshield, which was about six months after I got the car, I did have to recalibrate. I don't know if it's a hardware three thing versus at the time I had hardware 2.5, or if maybe Tesla drove it around and calibrated it themselves. I don't think they did, but in any case, that was nice to, to just have autopilot and the FSD beta available to me right away. But uh, the the not quite smooth part was the fact that uh, when I got there, I had a 9 a.m. appointment and I did not go to my usual service center. So I usually I'm in San Francisco, but the first appointment I was able to get, even little, little did I know that they would end up pushing me back twice because they didn't have the parts. But so anyway, I, I was at the Berkeley Service Center, which is across the bay. That's not too far, but it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little, it's about, about 20, maybe 30 minutes in traffic, which there was that morning. Anyway, I get there. Number one, the Berkeley Service Center is huge. It is a massive warehouse that just goes, it is a big building. That, it was, that was pretty cool to see. But anyway, so I get there and I check in. And, and I say, oh, I'm here for a windshield. Uh, I mean, my name McCaffrey. And the guy says, oh, I, you know, uh, I sent you a, a, I don't think we, we don't have your part. Let me go back to the back and check. And sure enough, I take out my phone and I had messaged them the afternoon before, you know, in the app. And I just said, do we have all the parts for tomorrow's appointment? I did not hear back. So, okay, well, I'm going to show up to the appointment. And uh, 10 minutes Prior to the appointment time, so as I was driving over there, I ended up, I got a message, which I didn't see until, you know, he was going to the back to check, and I took out my phone to see, and he had it put in there, we don't have the parts, we'll have to reschedule you, so I was fully mentally prepared to not, like, put up a, a you know, a stink, but I was going to complain, like, you know, respectfully, like, hey, I came all this way over. This is, you know, come on, you can't you can't message me 10 minutes before the appointment and say you don't have the parts. Thankfully, though, I don't know if they pulled someone else's and gave it to me and they'll I, or or what happened. But he came back and said, yep, we can do your car today. So I was I, I was braced for, a, you know, a, a, an 
unpleasant, just, you know, frustrating moment of, of, of being turned away. I was prepared. Again, I wasn't going to yell and scream. I'm not that kind of guy. But I was prepared to express disappointment in a respectful way before ultimately having to leave with my same cracked windshield. But thankfully, he came back and said, we can, we'll do your car today. So drop my car off. Come back later in the day. They actually got it done pretty quickly, but got there. I got back there in the four o'clock hour because I was I had to work for the most of the day. So I get back and I get in the car and I start to, to drive away. And it um, had been sitting outside, so I had the AC blasting. And once once the cabin's cool, I thought, okay, let me get I'll get some music going because I've got a a, a traffic laden drive ahead of me back across the bay back over to San Francisco. I I hit play on my media and nothing comes out. The the track is going, but there's no sound coming out. There are the beeps and boops of autopilot that are happening, but no music is coming out. I'm like, well that's odd. I try switching the the media input. I switched over to my phone, Bluetooth. And I switched, then that didn't work. I switched back to Slacker, nothing. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's 4.30. They close at five. I guess I'm going to turn around and go back to the service center. I try, and I did, uh, I also, before I did that, I tried resetting, rebooting the computer, you know, holding your, holding both your scroll wheels till the screen goes dark and resets. And unfortunately that didn't fix it. So yes, that's when I said, okay, I guess I got to turn around and go back. So I go back, I pull back in, it's 4.45. I say to the guy, this is so strange, but my audio is not working <laughs> since I got the car back and it was working fine when I got here. And he's like, well, yeah, when when we do a windshield, we're not messing with any of that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like there's n- there's no way anybody like unplugged any, any wires when for a windshield. And so he says, well, I don't think I'm gonna be able to help you be- at, four, you know, at, f- at 4.45 here but maybe let me go talk to one of my technicians to see if they have any immediate ideas for you to try. So he he kind of he's on his computer for a second and then he just says, "You know what? Can you mind if I just sit in your car?" So of course. So he hops in and he so he's it's not working and he sees for himself no audio coming out. Uh he switches over to uh I think tune in he went to and then he went to uh, what did he, and then I think, he, anyway, he's found his way over to the FM radio, which I don't think I've ever used FM radio in my car because I just use Slacker all the time or, or Bluetooth off my phone and FM radio, lo and behold, sound starts coming out and then he switches, we switch back over to Slacker and everything's working fine again. So I don't know if any of you have ever run into this. I have no idea what caused it. I don't know how that was the solution was to just poke around a bunch of audio sources, but this everything resumed working properly again. So that was very, very strange, but I'm just glad it resolved itself effectively and didn't turn into a thing where I had to drive around while I waited for my another service appointment to fix the audio. So just very, very strange. Uh, the last thing I want to say about this, because I know I'm rambling on for a while, is that uh, boy, is it, it's so apparent that I have a fresh new windshield. I noticed it immediately when I sat in the car of the brilliant, perfect opacity of the new glass. 
It's just the the old one clearly had so many, you know, tiny little rock chips and, you know, little tiny damage to it, as happens with windshields when you drive. That's just how things go. Uh, but <laughs> just a perfect, clean sheet of glass with no imperfections. It was just like, wow, this looks amazing. So this is what it's supposed to look like. Anyway, uh, thank you to the Tesla Berkeley Service Center for taking good care of me on that. All right, time for your pro tip of the week. It comes from regular caller Will from Ancaster. Hey, Ryan, Will from Ancaster again. Uh, Another pro tip that I stumbled on by accident. This might be in the manual. It might not. I didn't go and check, but uh, I uh, I never noticed it before. So on the uh, the HVAC system with, I guess, any of the blade systems, I'm assuming it works with the 3NY as well. I haven't checked on my Y yet. Um, but you know, you have the ability to, uh, just tap on the screen and drag the, uh, the airflow left or right on either, either the left side of the car or the right side of the car. If you actually choose just one side of the car and two fingers zoom as if you were zooming in on a photo on your iPhone, uh, it actually splits the airflow into two separate airflows on one side of the car. So you can then have it going uh, left and right around you kind of thing, which, anyway, I hope that made sense, but, uh, it's kind of cool and working. So I discovered it by accident and kept playing until I figured out how I did it. So hope that helps somebody. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Will. Yes. This is one that us model three folks happened upon a while back, but it's good to put your pro tip out there today because a, I don't think it's detailed anywhere in the car UI for new owners, it's in the owner's manual, but like actually in the UI anywhere, in any of the four Teslas, and B, even for veteran Tesla owners such as yourself, if you're upgrading to a new SRX from an older one, this is new HVAC functionality. So I have no doubt that you've helped out a lot of new owners of all four Teslas in the lineup with this one, Will. I appreciate the call. And if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that they would like to share, please send it in the same way that you would submit a regular Ride the Lightning hotline call for which I gave you the call-in instructions earlier in the episode. Before I go, let me just mention some friends of the podcast that can probably help you out should you uh, want their help. First up, abstractocean.com, probably the best source of just miles and miles of virtual shelf space of uh, aftermarket Tesla accessories, the best the best spot you could go to. So whatever you might be looking for, please go to abstractocean.com. You can sort by car, so whichever Tesla you have, just you know, in my case, sort by Model 3, you'll see all the different accessories and aftermarket parts they've got, such as the fourth generation tempered glass screen protectors, the rear footwell lighting kits, the interior lighting kits uh, that are either bright or white or different colors or all kinds of stuff. Just take a look, abstractocean.com. And whatever you decide to purchase, just throw it all in that virtual shopping cart. And then at the checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. That's RTL Podcast, all one word, no spaces in it. Uh, next up, the snap plate, 
which you can get at everyamp.com slash RTL. That is the front license plate bracket for people like me that otherwise don't want to have to have a front license plate bracket on there. You know, I just to use a perfect example of this, I saw uh, on a black Model 3 in my neighborhood that I see parked on the street a lot, I saw they, they had purchased a snap plate and they used to have the, they were using the regular, just one that comes with the car, which, you know, Tesla's uses automotive tape to stick to your front bumper, the front fascia. And the reason I know this is because it had left behind, I don't know if it had actually taken paint off, but it had absolutely left behind tape residue. They'd installed the snap plate, so it was on there nice and clean, their front plate, but left behind in the same, you know, in the exact spot where the license plate would go was a, was a square of it, of tape of like a residue. And you can avoid that entirely by just going to everyamp.com slash RTL. They have the snap plate for any of the four Teslas. And again, it can come on and off securely and without leaving anything behind, uh, whether you want to, you know, put it on for, when you're parked at a parking meter or going through a toll plaza or bridge, you can take it off for when you're cleaning and detailing the car, take it off for car shows, you know, cars and coffee, that kind of thing. So don't miss that. Uh, How about immaculate reflections? If you and your car are going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, treat yourself, treat your car to a spa day with immaculate reflections. That's who takes the best care of my car Jeff is the name of the owner there, and he is a wonderful person and an incredibly talented detailer. There is a discount waiting for you if you book work with Jeff and just mention, hey, I'm a Ride the Lightning listener. May I please have that discount? And Jeff will say, yes, indeed, no problem. Happy to do it. Whether you want to do paint protection film on maybe the front of the car, maybe the rocker panels as well, maybe the kind of high impact areas, or maybe the whole darn car, whatever you want to do. Jeff's, uh, he'll work with you on that within your budget. He, you might also want to do ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for the next three to five years. Maybe you even want to do some paint correction, get your finish, your paint finish looking better than factory new. Get all those little imperfections taken out of it. Uh, again, if you ever see my car, that is, I feel like my car is just a, a rolling billboard for Jeff's talents at Immaculate Reflections because it's uh, it just, boy, in the sun, there are no little swirls. No, it's just the paint looks so good. And it's all thanks to Jeff because he puts in hours and hours of manual work on that paint finish doing the paint correction. But boy, in my opinion, it is worth it. Anyway, his website is irdetailing.com. How about solar? Uh, odds are, if you're listening to this podcast, you either have solar you are going to get solar soon or you're eventually planning to get solar. And well, of course, you're going to check in with Tesla on that. I would. I'm sure you probably will. But why not also check in with BudgetSafeSolar.com? They're a friend of the show. I've had a number of listeners go with them. And their deal is think of them as like real estate brokers, but for solar. So they're going to work with you to, f- to find you the best installer, the best, like they're just going to try and find you the best fit for the project. Uh, they are great. Again, budgetsafesolar.com. 
That way you are not only driving for free uh, on, with your Tesla, you're driving on sunshine for the duration of the time you're an EV owner, but you're also gonna be able to know what your electricity costs are, which again, are gonna be zero or probably pretty darn close to zero uh, <laughs> if you've got solar. So uh, the, the other thing I'll mention too is they're also interested in speaking to you if you are considering entering the growing field of solar. So again, I gave you the website, budgetsafesolar.com, capping tomorrow's energy costs today. They're, they work in all 50 states. So wherever you are, they're equipped and ready to help you out. If you do end up going with a solar installation on your home or business, please, I humbly ask, use the referral code RTL. You'd be doing me a big favor if you do that. PureTesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. They also have the wireless, the slim, low-profile, nice, small wireless game controllers they're going to stash away in your center console very easily. But certainly the star of the show at PureTesla.com slash RTL is that SD, micro SD-based sentry mode and dash cam kit. 49 bucks will get you the 128 gigabyte kit. 69 bucks will get you the 256 gigabyte kit. Comes fully formatted, out of the package, ready to go. Works with Mac and PC. And it's free shipping in the US too, which is a nice bonus. So just boom, if you're in the US, 49 bucks right to your door, right into your car, done. I'm a happy customer of theirs. I recommend you do the same. And finally... Uh, just, uh, I'll mention the Patreon here, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Again, I, I humbly confess to you earlier that I, I don't feel like this was my best episode, not because of the content, but because of me, I, I think I, uh, you know, what, what, not my best week this week, but I'll be back next week when my, when I'm just back to feeling as more physically normal. But in any case, my hope is that on the whole, you're in. It may, even if it's not this week, <laughs> with how much I stumbled and stammered, you're enjoying the podcast. And maybe at some point, maybe this week, maybe next week, maybe next paycheck, maybe next month, but hopefully sometime soon, you think, you know what, Ryan, you have earned my monthly support. And the way to month, the way to support is through Patreon. And that website again, Patreon.com/slash Tesla Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The sport tier, that's five bucks a month, and that gets you early access to each week's episode. There's the ludicrous tier at 10 bucks a month. That'll get you the early access and these new lightning round weekly bonus mini episodes. I talked about the DeLorean, the new DeLorean EV the first week. I talked about the double standard against Tesla on this most recent one. I'm not sure yet what I'm gonna talk about on the next one, but there's plenty of material out there, plenty of topics to discuss. So I'll be diving in new stuff for you to listen to every week if you're a listener at the ludicrous tier. And then the maximum plaid tier, you get the early access, the weekly bonus mini episodes, and the monthly Zoom hangout as well. Uh, so there's hopefully plenty of perks. Oh, plus your name shouted out each and every week as well, which I'm gonna do right now. So uh, let me thank, you know, the plaid level has been retired, but nevertheless, let me mention those people who are grandfathered in at that tier. Thank you to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, 
Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, let me send a thank you out to the Maximum Plaid backers. They are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, John Cody, Aaron, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Matt Asbury, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, and HaloBengals.com. Finally, an extra big thanks goes out to the top tier backers, the Roadster and Space tier backers, who, um, on top of everything else, get a one-on-one monthly Zoom hangout with me should they elect to choose to use it each and every month. Pete White, thank you very much. Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Carol Weston. And that will wrap it up for Ride the Lightning episode 359 for a snoozing Daisy the Boxer. I am Ryan McCaffrey. I'm about ready for bed myself. Got to lay on one side. They told me to <laughs> just stay off the stitches on the other side, but it's fine. No, it's it's all right. It was it's just a little sore and it's uh it's not you know it's not even a thing where I need painkillers or drugs or anything. It's just it's just kind of annoying. That's really all it is. And it's it's a believe me, a small price to pay to have skin cancer extracted and gotten rid of. My goodness. The the lesson honestly, seriously is a uh go to a dermatologist because uh, just the quick story, I know if you're maybe you've already pressed stop and that's fine. So anybody that's left, the, the moral is for me, the lesson I would I would pass along is uh, go to a dermatologist every year because I have not been doing that. And I went in because I was having kind of this like, almost like a rosacea-y thing on my face that seemed to be getting a little bit worse. I'm like, let me just go into the dermatologist. Maybe there's like a cream or something they can give me. You know, it's not a serious thing, but I'm like, yeah, let me just go go have this looked at. And while I was there for that, she's looking me over the rest of my face and head and she sees this spot behind my ear and she's like, oh, that not, you know, not, not to concern you at all, but this, this is probably cancer. This is, but not like the, not a bad melanoma situation. Just, but just, we're going to, we're going to take a sample of this and we're going to make sure, 
and assuming it is, we'll bring it back and have it removed. So I would not have even known about this. And it, I mean, this in this situation, she said, it, this wouldn't have killed me. This wouldn't have been a serious problem. Not for probably, she literally said like 20 years, maybe this would have been an issue. Like this is a, a not a big deal. But still, I the, the, again, the moral is just go to the dermatologist because if I had not, I would not have known about this. So um, be, you know, be safe. Uh, wear, and the other moral is wear sunscreen because now I'm making sure I've always worn baseball caps when I'm outside. I'm a big baseball fan. I have been my whole life. So baseball caps, they'll shield your face from the sun, but not the back of your neck and the behind your ears where my little spot was. So now I'm doing making sure I sunscreen all those spots when I go out too. So again, uh, be safe out there. The the our sun is a is an amazing thing that makes life on earth possible, but it's also a malicious ball of fire that will kill you if if you're not careful. So be careful. I'm going to be more careful from here on out. Anyway, happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.